Welcome to the TikTok Podcast. The clock is always ticking, so let's synchronize our watches and dive in. I'm your host, Callie Brigham, and I'm here to help you make time for what matters. Welcome back to the show, everyone. It is a feature Friday. That's right. That is when TikTok expands and you get to meet some of my best girlfriends, some of the women that I admire, some of my heroes. And today is no different. Today is no different. It is my honor and privilege to introduce to you a extremely gifted and hardworking mama. And you're going to be blown away by some of the things that she's going to share with you, some of the tips, some of the inspiration. We prayed right before we started recording this podcast, and we just prayed that her contribution would help women today feel seen and heard and understood and not alone. And I believe that's what she brings to the table. And she brings a lot to the table, and it's a big table. It's a big table. So I'm excited to welcome to the TikTok podcast my friend Chelsea Perry. Hey, Chelsea. <laughs> okay. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see how dang cute she is. And she has some sassy, fabulous hair going on today, <laughs> some bright colors. Yes. Chelsea, you're going to, you're bringing it with us today, aren't you? <laughs> oh, you know it. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> she is ready. She is ready. Okay. I'm going to give a super quick intro. For everyone listening. And then I just want you to just pour into us, Chelsea, because you've got a lot to give. So Thank Chelsea you. is married to Ricky. She is in ministry full time. Chelsea is an author. And oh, we're going to talk about that because you're going to want her book, her new book that she released. Don't worry. I'll put all the info in the show notes. Chelsea is a mom of three incredibly gorgeous and fabulous and gifted kiddos. Not only that, but she is a business owner as well with her own tutoring company. I mean, Chelsea, you are wearing a lot of hats. I just want to put a crown Thank on you. you. <laughs> I, one of those hats needs to be a crown, okay? I that one at home. <laughs> you know, should always carry a crown with you. You never know when you're going to need it. And hey, a good friend adjusts your crown if it's crooked okay. too, right? Okay. But your crown is on straight today. And as I mentioned, you have so much going on. I know that a lot of people can relate to a full plate. So yeah. how do you do it? Like how, <laughs> how is this, how is this possible, Chelsea? I know that's an open-ended question, but let's hear it. So it takes a team and it takes a huge family of support. And I would be foolish to say that I did this alone. Um, with my tutoring business, I have a secondary client that I, or secondary tutor that I just hired to help manage the load because it was too much for me to handle. Um, and part of being able to do it is knowing your limits. So um, when you identify like, this is what I have to give, this is what I'm willing to contribute. And when you reach that threshold, it's really important to, to establish that boundary um, for yourself to say, I know that I need to either step back or I know that I need help and then to go find it and to make sure that it's something that is still serving you. And so doing everything, like I believe that everything you do, you should do it with everything you have. So when I'm going into tutoring, I'm with that student. I'm not distracted and I'm not doing anything else. And when I'm writing, I'm writing. I'm not 
I'm focused on writing. When I'm with my kids, I'm with my kids and there's nothing else that matters when I'm with my husband. And so being really, really intentional is like part of the key of how I've been able to do all this stuff because when I'm there, I'm present and it's not a fight between different activities or roles. Okay. So first of all, I feel like we could just stop right here. Everybody could go home. (laughs) They could put this into practice. But I, I want to take this a step further because yeah. I'm just going to say it like it is. You're an Enneagram 3. I'm an Enneagram 3. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we can feel like we should be doing it all ourselves. Sometimes yeah. it is hard to have boundaries. It is hard to ask for help. So was this something that you intuitively knew or did you have to learn how to do this? So I have a really good friend group and some of my friends, like even you, Callie, I've been watching like your example and I've reached out to you a couple of times, like, how do you do it? (laughs) And you were like, you know, I have an assistant. I'm like, well, that's an idea. And so I, the first time I hired an assistant was actually because of you. And I have not looked back. Um, I've had a few different assistants because of, you know, life changes. They move, they have, they got hired somewhere full time and it just doesn't serve them anymore. Um, But that is a really valuable part of what I do because you know, I, I go by the 80-20 rule where I can offload 80% of what I do to somebody else and I focus on the 20%, which is what only I can do. So there's a lot of things like placing grocery orders or mailing things, like all this stuff that anybody can do and that I, I just, it's better if I don't do it because my 20%, the writing the book, the work, the being an employee, the being a tutor, those are things that I'm called to do. And that means that if there's other things that I can offload, then I'm going to. So that, that was hard being a three. I'm like, I want to do it all. I'm capable. I can do this, but it's just not best. So I love that you brought up, it's the Pareto principle, that 80, 20 rule. And it goes with everything you wear. 20% of your closet, 80% of the time you're in ministry, you know, that 20% of the people do 80% of the volunteer hours or 80% of the tithe or 80, right. (laughs) It it works in so many different areas of our life. How did you know what your 20% was? How did did you have clarity to know this is what I should be doing and only I should be doing? Yeah. I, I literally went through at some point, it's been a little while now, but I went through my whole schedule for the week. And I was writing down everything I was doing because I get this question a lot. How do you do it? And it's through other people. That's how I do it. And I wrote down, I'm like, okay, things that are non-negotiable, like feeding the family. Okay. Do I have to be the one to cook? Do I have to be the one to place the grocery order? Do I have to be the one planning the meals? No. And it's not necessarily just, okay, I'm offloading that now. It's my husband's responsibility. It's who, who is best to do this? And something that Callie, that you encouraged me to do was to ask my kids what it was like, um, and what they receive, like how they perceive me as a mom. And not one of them mentioned like me cooking. Like that's not something that's high on their priority list. I'm like, okay, well, so then I don't need to do it. So as I mentioned, like that friend group, the really good friend group that has like held me accountable, that's helped me grow and develop they also, you know, being there for them and they help me identify things that I can offload. And that has been super helpful. And then just seeing how it works. So if I try to offload something and it's not done 
the way that I would do it. Okay, I can coach it or I can, if it's done 80% as well as that I would do it, then it's good to go. <laughs> I just, I'm like, okay. And I just decide that that's okay. I'm good with it because I don't even have to think about it. So knowing that it's done is a huge factor. Yeah. That's a, that's a John Maxwell um, leadership training right there, that if somebody can do it 80% as good as you can, then it's time to release it. It's time to delegate it. It's time to get it off your plate. And typically that person, even if they start around 70 or 80%, if that's a joy zone for them, they're going to take it to a hundred when you certainly couldn't before. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That, this is such a great conversation. I feel like it is freeing for people. Mm -hmm. It is actually a way to buy more time. I know some people think if only I had more than 24 hours in a day, guess what? Now you're a math tutor, (laughs) right? And this is multiplication of your time, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of math and system, so obviously you have a little leaning towards some of that because you, it sounds like when, when you are gifted at math, you like order, you like structure. Are there some time management tips that you do have since you do have so many different areas of your life? How do you organize your week or how do you sort your week that could maybe be a little light switch for somebody? Yeah. So I started, my week starts on Sundays um, and it ends on Saturdays. And so what I like to do on Saturdays, that's my off day from everything. I unplug Fridays and Saturdays. And something that I love that you do too, Callie, you said that you switched where you unplugged your internet and you're like, I'm done with work. And so that helped me a lot, just like disconnect and say, okay, now it's me time. Now it's family time. But at the end of every week, I reflect on the previous week and to say, how did I manage my time? Well, what worked? What do I need to stop doing? What do I need to start doing? And then how can I improve next week? So the goal for me is 1% better every day. And if that compounds into like 33% better a year. And as you mentioned, I'm a math person. So I'm like, my gears are spinning. And so I look at that and I'm like, okay, so 1% better every day. What can I do to fix this? So some of the things that I use are a passion planner. Um, I like to color code. And really, there are different planners that suit you know different people. I've tried the performance planner. I've tried passion planner, simplified, all those things. Um, just find a tool that works to be able to write out your schedule. Um, I also use Google Calendar with all the different, um, I have different calendars for everything. So I have a tutoring calendar. I have a personal calendar, a church calendar, one for my family and everybody, I share it with the appropriate people. So everybody's in the loop about what's happening. Um, And then some of the other things that I use, just like everybody else, Google Sheets, Apple Notes, shared notes. I mean, it doesn't have to cost a ton to be effective. You just have to use the systems that are available. You know, I love that you brought up the planner because on it was either my very first episode or my second episode. I said time management isn't the perfect planner. So yeah. there's not one. We're not going to say, okay, this is the one that everybody right. has to use. It is the tool, though, that's most effective for you. Right. And it's actually using it. Right. <laughs> Right. A planner, a pretty planner on a desk doesn't do anybody any good if there's nothing in it or if it doesn't align with what your vision is or what your goals are as well. Okay. So it sounds like you've got some clarity on honoring what happened, but wanting to make progress each week 
You know, I remember hearing a rocket scientist, literally it was a husband of a friend of mine that said a quantum leap is not a huge shift. And this is literally what he said, Chelsea. Uh, we did not plan this, by the way, any of this collaboration before. No. We're just like-minded. He said that a quantum leap in physics, a one degree shift, if you project it out over time and space, creates a quantum leap. Wow. That's crazy. I've never yeah. heard of before. Yeah. So you're on the, Hey, if you needed affirmation and confirmation that you're on the right track, that 1%. And I think we can get caught up in, okay, then if I want to be more like Chelsea and I want to be have more, you know, master of my time, then mm -hmm. I'm going to have to change everything. No, no. We're going to make tiny little adjustments, little yep. tweaks, little audits. Yeah. All right. So for those that are thinking, okay, I'm not, I don't have that math brain. I hear that. And I, shut down. Right. Chelsea, you have written a children's book. I want you to talk yes. about it because I want to promote it because that's how we roll. We cheer each other on. Yes. But that has taken creativity. So for those that are on the side of like, I just want to be creative. I just want to, yes. you know, create something beautiful and exciting or fun or whatever. Okay. You've done that too. So <laughs> how do you get to be creative and pull that side of you and still stay in a lane where you're accomplishing things. And then and talk about your book too. Yes. So I wrote a book called The Bristle Whistle, and it's about the tooth fairy. And honestly, if you would have told me 10 years ago that I would have written a children's book, no, I would have laughed hysterically because I am totally left brained. There's like, I'm creative. I like to draw, but hands down, I would rather do calculus. Like that's it. <laughs> Okay, that quote will never be repeated, I'm sure, by anybody, any future guests. Yeah. You might be the only one that would prefer calculus over anything. I know. I know. So what happened is I was having a, a writer's block, a creator's block, and in my role at the church, I was actually a creative director. So that was part of my rhythm. Like I, and I was out of my comfort zone and that's what great leaders do. They put somebody that they see potential in out of their comfort zone and see how they can rise to the occasion. So the, my leader was like, I see this in you, you can do this and gave me an overwhelming opportunity. And Dagom, I did the best I could. And I had gotten to the point where I was creating so much that I just felt like I had hit this lid. And so naturally, I'm a person of faith. And so I started praying for creativity again. And I started having dreams about fairies. Okay. It was the weirdest thing. I don't dream about fairies. I dream about numbers and that kind of stuff. And so it became consuming. I think that's the right word for that, um, where that's all that I ate, slept, breathed was this dream that God had given me. And um, initially, I was going to write a book about fairyland, where they had all these different characters and that kind of stuff. And it just came to a point where the tooth fairy in my house was slacking a little bit because um, busy. She's a busy lady sometimes. <laughs> She's got a lot going on every night, right? Her, yeah, it, her planner is very full, Chelsea. Yes. So then it started to become like a mom guilt thing on me, like a burden. And I was like, whose idea was this to put the tooth under the fairy? Because I need to go find them. They are not a mom. They must be that cool auntie over there. And no. So I was like, there has to be a better way. That's how like, you know, dreams are, um, what is it called? The invention is necessity or 
birth out of necessity or something like that. Necessity is the birth mother of invention. Yes, there we go. Necessity is the mother of invention. You know, you know, all of our listeners were like shouting it out. We got it. Okay. We're good. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, there has to be a better way. So what does everybody do? We Google it. And I'm like, tooth fairy, why is the tooth fairy, why is the tooth under the pillow, all this stuff? So there wasn't a better way. And from that point forward, I was like, then I have to create this because I know that I cannot be the only parent that is um, busy where, you know, I want to make my kids a priority, but this is just one thing that is important to them that I I just can't make it happen. So the whole premise behind the bristle whistle is that the tooth gets now put, gets hung on the door in a cute little bag. So it's a little easier for the tooth fairy to find and we can make that happen a little bit better. So in summary, I had a creator's block. I prayed for creativity and God was like, boom, this is your creativity here. Children's book. (laughs) Yeah. And as if you didn't have enough going on with those children, with forgetting to put the tooth under the pillow, with the ministry, with everything else. So you decided that you were going to take that on. That requires more time. That requires this entrepreneurial spirit now, right? So, um, So again, you are... I think what I'm gathering is once you get clear on something, you are willing to prioritize that in your schedule. Would that be an accurate statement? Yep. That's correct. And And so, but that time has to come from somewhere. So how do you balance that out or where do you find it or how do you make that shift? So when I feel called to something, like when, for instance, the book, that means I have to reevaluate my schedule. So my 80-20 changes. And okay, well, if something, if I'm going to be writing a book, um, then something else has to give. Now, it's not always something that has to offload my schedule. It may just be a little bit less sleep or a shift of sleep. Um, for instance, the pro- the producer of my book was in China, the creator. And so it's a 13-hour time difference. So their working hours is during our sleeping hours. So in that season of my life, I realized, okay, I'm going to be getting a little bit less sleep to prioritize this. And that's okay because I will take more time off a different time or be intentional about napping and we'll make it work that way. So just reevaluate my schedule. I think that's powerful too, because sometimes we think, well, once I get something in motion, then it's just going to stay the same way throughout different seasons of my life, different, but you're talking about a reevaluation and, and how often are you doing that? Are you doing that I know that you mentioned every week, but like yeah. as a bird's eye view, is that when something changes in your life or is it when the kids go through a new stage? How often are you are you making these adjustments and shifts? Honestly, it's a daily thing for me. I go through like I know from a bird's eye view, um, I would say like really big. If I feel something is just changing, like my rhythm, I feel different when I do a certain task. That's when I'll go through and evaluate that. But honestly, it's a daily thing for me. I go through and I'm like, is there anything that I need to offload today? Because tomorrow I want to be 1% better. And I can't do that if I'm carrying things over from today into tomorrow that no longer serve me. So every day, and it's not like a big deal. I mean, I sit in bed and I just think, or bath time, my favorite, (laughs) bubble bath time, where I just sit there and think, and I'm like, you know, just processing, meditating and thinking about the day and how it played out the day before and all of that. So daily. 
I appreciate that you said and clarified that it doesn't have to be a big thing because I think when we start to talk about that, people think they've got to carve out this Zen time where they've got all their notebooks and their tools (laughs) in there. So you're just talking about a quick little analysis, a quick little just checking through that day, checking your spirit, checking your capacity too, right? Yes. Sometimes it requires locking yourself in the bathroom away from everything else (laughs) because there's distractions and you just have to be intentional. That's all it is. Daily intentional time to improve. So speaking of locking yourself in the bathroom or these bubble baths, one of the things that can fall short and that can be on the last of the list is taking care of yourself. Right Now, I know that self-care is thrown out a lot. And I think let's be clear as Enneagram threes, it is important to make sure that we don't um, get to zero, get our battery negative. But let's also say if you're really passionate about something, there may be a short amount of time where you're just great gunning, like going for it. And it might just have to delay a little bit time for you. So I know you can probably relate and resonate with both of that. How do you take care of yourself, Chelsea? Yeah. So my my week, like I mentioned, it starts Saturdays. I mean, sorry, it starts Sundays and ends on Saturdays. And I make sure that the last two days are things that fill my cup. So Fridays and Saturdays, I, every single week, I'm ending the week with a bang. And I start my Friday with going to breakfast with my husband. And that's been our routine for like two years. Um, and we always go out because it's something that we want to like just spend time with each other. We don't want to have to focus on do we have the eggs and the bacon and all this. Let's just go. And we go to the same place. Um, and it's just intentional time. And then I have community group where I get to be around the women that um, that I love being around. And that's a cup filler for me. And then that evening, we always we only let our kids watch TV a couple times a week. So Fridays and Saturdays. So we get to watch a movie together and eat like maybe we'll do a picnic in the living room. And honestly, like I just guard those Fridays and Saturdays. Like there are always people that are going to need tutoring sessions. There's always going to be people like I also do hair on the side and like just a little bit of everything. Okay. But self-care family time is a non-negotiable for me. That is part of that 20% that will always be there and that I cannot offload that to anybody else. I have to be present with them. And my kids are going to remember the memories um, more than what, more than the times I'm not there. So self-care for me is I also like to get my nails done. So like I'll schedule my, my hair appointments, my nail appointments, all that stuff to make sure that I'm securing my own life mask. And then I'm super present with my families, with my family, those two, two evenings out of the week for sure. And then I don't miss, um, dinner or bedtime during the week. I don't schedule anything else during that, those times to be super intentional, to talk with them about their day and all that stuff. Like really that pours into me. That is like self-care for me. You know, I, I call a lot of that compartmentalizing, which you, I think you started this whole session, this whole conversation off by saying that when you're with your kids, you're with your kids. When you're with your tutoring student, you're with your tutoring student. But what, what I hear now on this side of things too, a few minutes into our chat is that you are giving just as much weight to those things as well and not the leftovers. So that's, I think the thing that most of us tend to 
neglect, mm -hmm. which is to schedule in those things. Because we think that we'll just find the time or make right. the time, but that doesn't happen, does it? No, no. Because if you if you leave your time open, people will fight for your time. Everybody wants a piece of time, and it's not necessarily the people that will. There's not a huge ROI. So spending, and I say that like I'm a three, so I say that with all the love. Um, I don't mean to be insensitive, but they're just people that that will. Uh, I don't know how to say this like respectfully, but like drain. It's just a drain. They don't. They're not adding value to you. They just need something from you. And in those moments, like your family, if you look at it that way, because in retrospect, and that helps when you reflect over the day. But in retrospect, your kids are always going to be there for you. They need you. The people are so temporary in your life. And there's only a very few people that really deserve your time because that's the only fixed resource on the planet. So you have to guard that with everything that you've got for self-care, for your family and the people that matter to you. I feel like there needs to be some asterisk, maybe even some fireworks, some uh, like going off. When you said, this was a new thought for me, how you said it. When you leave your time open, other people, and I, I won't say it as good as you did. When you leave that time open, other people want to take it. Yeah. Because they see an opening and they've been waiting. They've been waiting to get on your schedule. They've been waiting and it's tempting to want to gift them that time because, well, you've seen your kids all week. So in the moment, you think that somebody needs you, but you can't make decisions sporadically. You've got to plan your week ahead of time and do schedule in that family time so that when someone, when something comes up, you can say, guess what kids? Like I'm, you know, you don't have to say it like this, but I'm prioritizing you. Like we're going to go do something fun because we've got three hours to do it, you know? And then seeing the joy on their face and that ROI for me in the, in the just being present, physically present, mentally present with them is worth everything. It's worth like, that's it. There's nothing better than that. I remember somebody saying, when's the last time you really looked your kids in the eyes mm. because we are, you know, we're passing each other. We're busy. Yeah. We're here and we're there. And maybe we're even in the same room. Yeah. But when's the last time? And I'm saying that to myself too. I mean, my kids are now 13 and 14 and we, I'm, I'm blessed that I do work from home. I'm blessed that I have that flexibility, yeah. but I'm just saying like, Callie, make sure when they walk in the door today, yeah. I look them in the eyes. That's that's just as much that that those few seconds yes. are just as valuable as anything else too. That yeah. I am fully theirs in that time. Yeah. That's really good. Chelsea. All right. You have been you've been just as good as I knew you were gonna be. And and I think you might have to be a repeat guest. What do you guys think? We're gonna have I to have Chelsea back. <laughs> when the bristle whistle two comes out, right? Yes. Um, yeah, the sequel. And again, I want everybody, this is gonna be a great Christmas present. This is gonna be a great and and again, what ages right here? I know mine mine already yeah. lost their teeth, although I heard that Maddie might have to get her wisdom teeth pulled. So maybe we can have the tooth fairy. Yes. <laughs> so two um, to nine. Two to nine. Two to nine. Uh -huh. two to the nine. two are it's before they lose their teeth, but they just love the pictures are captivating and the illustrations. So two and then nine is right at that threshold where 
they, they may be able to help with the tooth fairy duties and responsibilities. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And I know the book is very inclusive and it is really, I think, a mass appeal, mass appeal. Yes. All right. So Chelsea, as we wrap up this, and I know we don't want to because we could go forever, <laughs> but this is, a, this is time management and time mastery, so we can't talk forever. <laughs> what, what last words of, of advice? You know, I said at the beginning, our prayer is to have a woman say like, I see you, I hear you, I understand you. Yeah. So what would you, what would you say to them? So two things. I would say that everybody has 24 hours in the day, as you mentioned earlier, but you can easily multiply your time. Um, and so don't get discouraged by being limited by that 24 hours, because when you start thinking about who you can equip to help you along that journey, you can multiply your time significantly and really hone in on what matters to you. The second thing is positive reframing. So whatever you have in your week that is a drain to you, um, start thinking about giving that a different title and walking through like something that really stinks, walking it through and reframing it. This is advice from Callie herself to me um, about one of the things in my week. And after I started doing that, you just have a better perspective. You have a better outlook. You wake up being more excited about the thing that um, is really not exciting to you. And you can also add yourself a little something at the end, like reward yourself. <laughs> For, for accomplishing the thing that you hate. So those would be the two things. Multiply yourself and do some positive reframing. And it's a perfect time to do that. We're going into the holidays. We're yeah. in this spirit of gratitude and thanksgiving. And to reframe that and to have that choice. You know, it is a choice. All of yeah. these things that you said today are a choice. Yeah. So because it's the holiday season, as we're going into it, I have a gift to give you and it's just pretend it's just a pretend gift. <laughs> but if I were to gift you one extra hour, it's a bonus hour. It doesn't yeah. come out of any of the 24 hours, Chelsea, you yeah. can do with it whatever you want. <laughs> what would you do with that hour? To be honest, I would spend time in prayer. I would spend time really seeking the heart of God because he gives discernment. He gives an, an uninterrupted time, just time with Jesus, because that can surpass anything else that God can give you discernment, can give you wisdom. And that would be like the gold mine for me just to have a blocked time where I could spend time with Jesus. Well, that is just why I love you so much. I mean, for so many reasons, so many reasons. What a perfect way to finish out our conversation yeah. is to put everything in the right perspective. Yeah. All right, Chelsea. And now I was feeling guilty because mine was probably going to be like <laughs> reading a book or, and I was like, no, no, spending time with Jesus. Going to the spa. That's, yes, that would be my physical. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. If I gave you a second hour, I get it. Yeah. No. I want to mention it would definitely be spa day. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, I hope at this point, everyone's like, you know, if I had not heard of the bristle whistle before now, I want, I want to support Chelsea. I want to support Yay. Chelsea's dream. I want, I want this book in the hands of my kids, my grandkids, my nieces, my nephews, my neighbors. So run and in the show notes, you'll see her website and connect with Chelsea in that way. Chelsea, uh, I've mentioned a gift a second ago. You are a gift to me. Thank you for your complete support of what I have just felt God leading and calling me to. You have yes. been that person for me that has just been like, hey, I want to know. I want to be here for you. And so I honor you in that. And I appreciate yes. you. 
And I just thank you for being part of this TikTok experience. Thank you for having me. It's been a joy and a gift to spend time with you today. <laughs> thank you. Okay, guys. Well, we will see you and hear you yes. next episode. Looking forward to it. Make it a blessed, blessed weekend full of intentional time for what matters. Thank you for joining me on the TikTok podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a five-star review. Your feedback fuels our mission to help you master your time. Set your alarm for our next episode, and until then, make every moment count.